This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if this is your first time to watch. We appreciate those that watch every time we're on the air. Today we're going to discuss the exalted name. The exalted name. I hope that you'll stay tuned. For the benefit of those who are watching for the first time, let me mention the free Bible Correspondence Course that we make available. And in order that you might know more about the free course, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the second chapter of Philippians, beginning in verse 9. Therefore God also hath, has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Jesus Christ has a name like no other person who walked on this earth. He has a name that is above every name. Jesus was a human child, and yet he was a divine son. He was wounded by Satan, and yet Jesus crushed him. Jesus was appointed the Savior of men. And yet Jesus was crucified by men. Jesus died and was buried, and yet he lives. He saved others, yet he could not save himself. He had no sin, and yet all sin was on him. He was incarnate wisdom, and yet he was derided as a fool. He was the king of glory, and yet he wore a crown of thorns. He was the truth, and yet he was accused of being a liar. In eternity he rested on the bosom of the father without a mother, and yet in time he rested on the bosom of his mother without a father. He was the victim of a Roman cross. And yet he was the victor of a Jewish grave. He was the Lion of Judah. And yet he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus poured out all the seas, the lakes. And yet on the cross, he's the one who said, I thirst. 
Jesus Christ has a name above all names. His is an exalted name. Notice again what Paul says in Philippians 2. God also hath highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. There is no one that can stand beside him. It was Charles Lamb who said, if all the illustrious men were gathered together and Shakespeare should enter their company, they would all rise to honor him. If Jesus Christ should come into the room, we would kneel to worship him. Napoleon said, I know men, and I tell you, Jesus is not a man. Comparison is impossible between him and any other being in the world. Jesus Christ has an exalted name. The name of Jesus is a conquering name. Notice verses 10 and 11 in Philippians 2. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ has a conquering name. He never leads to defeat. His is a conquering name in heaven. His name is above all names in heaven. His is a conquering name on earth. His is a name above every name that is on earth. His is a conquering name in hell. He is a name that is above every name that is under the earth. At the very mention of Jesus' name, all saints and the angels fall down on their faces. Added the mention of his name, the devils in hell fear and they flee. Jesus Christ is the Lord of men. He is the Lord of angels. And he is the Lord of the devils. There's a beautiful song that sings that goes like that we sing that goes like this. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. The name of Jesus is an authoritative name. Turn in your Bibles now from the book of Philippians over to the book of Colossians, the third chapter and verse 17. And there the Bible says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, that has to do with what you say and what you do. He says, do all, that is, do every, everything that you say and everything that you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. His is an authoritative name. Everything we do should be in His name or by His authority. That includes our moral conduct, 
our moral conduct should be by the authority of Christ, that is, in keeping with his authority. In the second chapter of Titus, in verse 12, we are told that we are to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And we are to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. So we live morally by the authority of Jesus Christ. We live in a time when many people think they have a right to live any way they want to. They can say what they want to do. They can engage in whatever activities they want to engage in. And it's all fine. It's all okay. But it is not if we're living under the authority of Jesus Christ. That includes our worship. We, everything we do in worship should be by His authority. In John 4, 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so when we worship God, we do not have the right to worship just any way we want to, I know we're living in a time when many people think that so long as you're doing something in the name of worship, it is okay. It is all right. But we need to be certain that we're doing it by His authority. When we live by the authority of Jesus Christ, that includes salvation. How I am saved must be by the authority of Christ. Um, Acts chapter 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. And it is by in the, this authoritative name of Jesus Christ that men learn what they must do in order to be saved. That includes every action of man. His is an authoritative name. Everything we do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you the reason. Jesus has all authority. Not some, but all authority. It was delegated to him by the Father. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. So he has all authority. Jesus therefore has the right to tell us how to live our life. He has the right to tell us how we are to worship. He has the right to tell us what we must do in order to be saved. Jesus Christ has all authority. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5, at Jesus' transfiguration, it was God who said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Listen to Him because He speaks with authority. There's a passage in the third chapter of Acts that I want to call to your attention. And it is found in verses 22 and 23 of the third chapter of Acts. Verse 22 and 23. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him shall you hear in all things whatever he says to you. 
And so whatever this prophet says is what we must listen to. And the prophet he's talking about, of course, is Jesus. Now, verse 23, And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. You see how serious it is to recognize the authority of name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ has all authority. In everything that we do, everything that about my life should be done by the authority of Jesus Christ. For example, even marriage should be done by the authority of Jesus Christ. Our habits ought to be under the approval of the authority of Jesus Christ if it's not a good habit, if it's something that God would not authorize us to do. Then we need to cease doing that very thing. His is an authoritative name. But the name authority is not to be found in the opinion of the masses. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, you know, everybody is doing it a certain way today. Even in, in church services, everybody's doing a thus and so today. Well, that, that's not our authority. Authority is not in your conscience. See, a man's conscience can mislead him. If a man's conscience is not governed by the will of God, by the Bible, his conscience can, is wrongly regulated and it can mislead him. Authority is not in, in cultural trends. Somebody says, well, you know, we, we, we live in a different day. I've, I've heard this said so many times recently by, by people on the television, sometimes news people say, well, you know, uh, it's a different day, and since it's a different day, well, we've got to change, and we've got to begin to accept certain things that at one time we would, might not have accepted. In other words, they're saying that, that their authority is in the trends of culture. But I suggested to you that authority is not in, in our cultural trends of, of the 21st century. And, and authority is not found in, in councils and conferences and, and, and synods of people. And, it's, and our authority is not in some man-made book. That's not the authority. A man may write a book, and it may be a good book, and it may teach the Bible. But you see, the final authority is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that book is not in harmony with the word of God, if it teaches things that you cannot find in the Bible, then we need to reject it as being unsound and untrue. You see, Jesus' word is final authority. In 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul said all scripture is, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And so Jesus' word is final authority. In Hebrews chapter 1 and 1, the Bible says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. The way that God speaks to us today is not dreams and visions and feelings that are, that are better felt than told. He speaks to us through the Bible. And we are to accept his final authority. Everything we do is to be in his name. We believe in his name. In uh, John chapter 1 and verse 12, listen to it. 
but as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So we believe in his name. We are to confess in his name. Turn over to Acts the 8th chapter and in verse number 37. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. You see, a man had asked, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We not only believe in his name, we confess his name. We confess the name of Christ. We're not to confess that God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us our sins or pardoned our sins. We are to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then, because Jesus' word is final authority, we're baptized in his name. Turn in your Bible to the second chapter of Acts and read verse 38. The people had just inquired, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, well, what must we do to be saved? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' word is final authority. His is an authoritative name. And we appeal today to the name of Jesus. But the name of Jesus is a saving name. It is a saving name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1, 21. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. Notice it said, who shall ever shall call upon the name of the Lord? Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. His is a saving name. You cannot be saved in the name of Buddha. You cannot be saved in the name of Mohammed. You cannot be saved in the name of Confucius. You cannot be saved in the name of Mary Baker Eddy. You cannot be saved in the name of Joseph Smith. You cannot be saved in the name of Alexander Campbell. You cannot be saved in the name of John the Baptist. The name of Jesus is a saving name. Salvation is in Jesus' name. He's the one who came into the world to save the world. Luke 19 and 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And Jesus is our only Savior. Some people think that there's more than one way to God. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches there is one Savior, and that Savior is Jesus the Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, 1 Timothy 1.15. The only person sent into this world to save this world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to 1 John 4 and verse 14, He was sent to become the Savior of the world. Not one of the saviors, but the Savior. He is the only Savior. And He is the only Savior by virtue of His connection with deity. 
God was manifested without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Jesus Christ was God come down from heaven in human form. He's connected with deity. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the only Savior by virtue of His having fulfilled prophecy. Back in the Gospel according to Luke, in chapter 24, in verse 44, Jesus said, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, and that all things must be fulfilled which were written, where? In the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jesus is the Savior and the only Savior by virtue of His having fulfilled the prophecies that were found in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. And Jesus is the only Savior by virtue of His perfection. He did no sin. 1 Peter 2, 22. In the Old Testament, the sacrifices that were offered, the animal sacrifices, had to be those without blemish. And when it came time for God to select a sacrifice for the sins of the world, He selected a perfect sacrifice, and that perfect sacrifice was His blessed Son. Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. As Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.19, He's a lamb without spot and without blemish. And Jesus Christ is the only Savior by virtue of, of his death. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1 and 7. Jesus is Savior of all mankind. Not just a certain group of people. Not just people in the Western world. Jesus is the Savior of people all over the world. Whether you live in Africa, whether you live in, the, in Russia, whether you're living in India, the Ukraine, or China, Jesus Christ is your Savior. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, 15. God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. And He is the Savior of all. And He says, Come unto me all ye that labor. Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 11 and verse 28. And the fact is, He wants to save you now. And He can save you just like He did people on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts. They believed on Christ. They were told to repent of their sins and to be baptized. And about 3,000 were baptized according to verse 41. He can save you like the people of Samaria in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. And they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ and they were baptized, both men and women. They believed and they were baptized. He can save you like he did the people of Corinth in Acts chapter 18 and verse 8. Many of the Corinthians hearing, believed, 
and were baptized. So they believed after hearing the gospel, and they were baptized. Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus Christ is Savior. He is above all. He is your Savior, the only Savior. And He can save you, and He can save you now. Oh, I know people have the tendency to say, I'll put it off. I'll wait a while. But why would you do that? I want you to think again about what I read to you in the very beginning from the second chapter of Philippians. That Jesus Christ has a name above every name. That that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow. That every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'll tell you frankly. It frightens me when I think about the future for some people. It concerns me. Because I realize there are people today who do not believe in Jesus, who will not confess His name. They'll, they'll confess the name of a lot of other things before they'll confess the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not bow their hearts. They will not bow their knee. They will not bow their head to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the thing that troubles me is there's a day coming when every knee will bow and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's going to be the greatest day in the history of the world. But the fact is, many people will confess Him then Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. They'll now know that He's the Lord. But it'll be too late unless you have acknowledged His name in this life. Would you acknowledge that name? Would you obey Him? Jesus said, He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. I want to thank you for watching. And may I give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not sure where it's located, you call us or write to us. We'll help you find it. And may I urge you right now to pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Do it now. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.